You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to College Loop Podcast, episode 74 of the College Loop Podcast, and a what is going to be a football-heavy episode. No Harrison Tarr today because his tire is blown out, and he's somewhere in, in Georgia on the side of the road. We don't know where exactly. Uh, he he could could have got kidnapped. We don't know. But, of course, that leaves Colin to step up to the plate in his place. And, Colin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. First first full show on the loop. Kind of excited. Um, big shoes to fill, but I'm, I'll try. <laughs> and, Daniel, how you doing, man? Never been better. Right. Real quick into the point there. And to get started, this has been a very football-heavy week, both in the recruiting and in some of the news, at least. Auburn has had three players crystal balled, three four-star players crystal balled to them in the last 24 hours, two for the class of 25 and one for the class of 24. Just starting off the class of 2025, I'm going to start off with the edge rusher, Ja'Caleb Falk from Highland Home, Alabama, and of course went to Highland Home High School, six foot two, 225 pound, number three edge rusher in the state of Alabama, and the number 12 overall edge in the country. And then the last one, 2025, running back Alvin A-Train, which is a dope last name, or dope middle uh, nickname. There we go. You got back-to-back classes where you got Fat Burnett coming in, and then you have A-Train. Uh, that's that's beautiful. Uh, and, yeah, Alvin Henderson, per 20, both those per 24-7 from Alvin from Elba, Alabama, Elba High School, 5'10", 180 pounds, number one running back of Alabama, number 12 running back overall. But Crystal Ball, two – Four-star players from the state of Alabama to the Plains. And this is a breath of fresh air, if I must say. Daniel, what are your thoughts on getting two crystal balls to two big-time Alabama high school players? Oh, man. Like you said, it it tastes great. It's like how it feels when you put a piece of juicy fruit gum in your mouth, and it's so amazing for the first 10 seconds. Because I remember on early signing day um, for the 2023 class, back in December, first day of the loop, actually, um, I remember vividly remember tweeting out like, okay, this is great. What we've seen today is phenomenal. Auburn football's on the right track. However, it would be so nice to see us be competitive with more of these state of Alabama recruits. Obviously, nine times out of ten, we're not going to be out. Like, or Auburn's not going to beat Nick Saban in Alabama. That's okay. Whatever. But to lose to Kirby Smart, to lose to Florida, to lose to Florida State, to lose to Clemson, to lose to South Carolina, to lose to Tennessee, to lose to LSU. The list goes on and on and on. Like, those are all programs that Auburn has lost multiple races for in-state kids to in the past few years. So, to see that happen less and less and to keep the at-home talent at home, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, and <clears throat> Colin, I'll go to you now. How does it? What, what do you think is going through Cadillac's mind now that he is the uh, like running backs coach? He's the running backs guy, and how it has been for years and will be for years to come. Knowing that he's going to have a, about a year, another year of Jarquez Hunter, two more, I think, two more years of Brian Batie, 
Damari Alston is still a sophomore, and then he has Bat Burnett and A Train coming in in two years. Just how, what, goes think, through, what do you think is going through his mind? I think he's got to be excited. I mean, he's got just player after player coming in. He's got talent. I think if there's any room on this Auburn team that's like A tier, it's that that running backs room. It's really just next man up. I also think that we've got just like all name, uh, all name team. For just sure. coming straight from that running back room. A-Train is awesome. We're going to run the A-Train on people, and Jordan Hare is going to erupt with that. Yeah, and if he's any – any if history is to speak it for itself, A-Train is known for running through people. That's for all of you out there who have seen the boys. So <laughs> there you go. And last guy who got crystal ball, this was per on three, uh, 2024 cornerback Jalen Crawford from Lilburn, Georgia, Parkview High School, six foot, 185. Number one corner in the state of Georgia and the number 14 overall corner in the class. And if the crystal ball were to want to come to fruition, I think LSU is also in the battle for him. If I read that properly, he would join two other four star corners in the class 2024 with Amon Lane and Jaden, nickname J Money Lewis. So Auburn's winning the winning the nickname team for sure. Uh, but, yeah, you're looking at – and you have Zach Etheridge, Crime Dog, which great nickname from a coach too. Just picking up corner after corner after corner. And you talk about calling you up the running backs being a, a complete a unanimous A-tier position. What about this DB room? Just building beast after beast after beast and adding all these top-notch players to the roster. And as repeat my question about coaches. What do you think – how do, you, how do you think these coaches feel just knowing that for years to come, your defensive back room is just filled to the brim with talent? I think you need talent. You need as much as you can get for defensive back. Depth is so important for a defensive back. And to have Auburn have three guys in the same class that are all four stars, you like, let's say, God forbid, one of them doesn't pan out. You've still got two others. If one goes down, you still have two others. Like, you have what you need to get the job done. If you're bringing in three, four stars a class, it's 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 looking good for the, the DB room for sure. Yeah, and to round out that 2024 class, you have four-star Walker White, one of the top recruiters, not just not on, the, not on staff for the Albert Tigers. And, of course, three-star tight end Martavius Collins, who, speaking of Mr. Collins, uh, he has officially shut down his recruitment and will join Walker White's efforts to recruit more talent to this class. So basically, you could say that Walker White is like a co-recruiting coordinator for the Auburn Tigers. And Daniel, what does it mean just to have players of these calibers, like a Walker White and a Martavis Collins, just pushing and trying to get as much talent into this 2024 class as possible? It's great. I mean, it really shows the effect of Hugh Freeze that he's bought in before he's arrived on the planes Still has about, I think he's planning on being an early enrollee, so still got six months, give or take, um, before he like arrives on the planes as a student, or student, a football player primarily. I mean, let's just be real. Um, so, in fact, he's already white recruiting guys come play with him. We haven't seen that kind of buy-in from, minus Derek Hall, from guys who have been on the roster for the past few years. Like currently, like playing for the Auburn Tigers that the that day. 
they were not as passionate as it for he is, as Walker White is. So I think it's great. Um, it's already paying dividends because other recruits will see that. They start doing the same. And then other um, players who haven't come into Auburn yet see, okay, like this is a brotherhood I could be a part of. Like this is a big deal. Like these guys love the place they're going. They love their coach. They aren't even there yet. Like let me go see what's up with this. Yeah, and you back-to-back classes where you've had two guys leading the charge and recruiting other players from that class. You had Braden Joyner from Auburn High, and, of course, you had Jeremiah Cobb from Montgomery Academy last year, both actively recruiting other players from the class of 2023. There we go. And Martavis Collins, he is just, I believe, .01 away from being a four-star on 24-7. So he's definitely going to get that, and that helps Auburn's case out. Because as it stands right now, with five five commits to the class of 2024, four out of the five are four stars and probably going to be working on getting to a five star with, I believe, I, Walker White is going to be a five star by the time he, by the time he loses yeah. high school football. And Jamara Burnett might be very close, just depending on how, how that pans out. And then to get started on, you know, the class 2024 is always a big talking point, but let's keep talking about this. 2023 football season and Phil Still, who I talked about in the last episode who put Robbie Ashford as a starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers for this upcoming season has officially released his full Auburn depth chart and not a lot of big surprises on this the offensive line is pretty much how we expect it to be minus maybe Tate Johnson starting at right guard uh, for the season but we saw that in a day uh, you go to tight ends, Rivaldo Fairweather's there. Running back, Starquez. Not big surprises on the offensive side of the ball, except for maybe the wide receiver room, which, based on what Phil Still is saying, I don't. his word is not complete truth in the Auburn football uh, world. But his starters, of course, outside receivers are Camden Brown, which we expected, and Jair Shorter, the North Texas transfer, also known as the touchdown machine from one of, one of his highlight reels that came out. And, of course, starting at the slot, not who we, I thought it was going to be, not Coy Moore, but Javarius Johnson making his return back to the starting lineup as a slot receiver. And if you go to the backups, I mean, Shane Hooks is going to be right behind Camden Brown, Amari Kelly, Nick Marner is a backup, Coy Moore, Caleb Burton, the transfer, Jake Cruz making his, making his appearance on this depth chart as the third uh, H wide receiver H, really. Just uh, looking at the talent in this wide receiver room, just what can we expect from a year? And, and if we go off Phil Still having Robbie Ashford as a starter, what does that wide receiver room do in the SEC? And I'm going to start off with Daniel. I mean, obviously it's not the best. I mean, let's just call spade spade here. But it could be top five. Um, five or six. Five, six to seven. I, I feel like that's a sweet spot. If everything goes according to plan, um, I feel like it'll be around that range. Um, it'll definitely be better than what we've had the past couple of years. I, I don't think that'll be very hard to do. I think the three of us could go out, and I don't think it could get much worse. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> definitely that the top, the upper third of the SEC is, I think, realistically what we're looking at. The floor, I think, will be about that 8, 9, or 10 range. Because the past couple of years, it's been 12, 13, or 14, somewhere in there. 
Last year, so. I would definitely say uh, that Auburn at least always produces a top 14 wide receiver room in the SEC. That's the positive. Thank note. God for Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt actually may have had a better wide receiver class because of I'm forgetting yeah, his name, not AJ Swan. I'm forgetting his name. I'll look it up later. But the, another surprise here on the defensive line, looking at a four man front, uh, the two names you expected to see here, Jason Jones and Justin Rogers leading lead the charge up front. Defensive end, Marcus Harris, which pretty much expected that too. But the Jack position, he has Keldrick Falk starting as a true freshman. And, Con, I don't know how, how much you've watched of Keldrick Falk, but just like what, what do you think a true freshman goes into the SEC thinking and just starting right away? What do you think is going through his brain? I think that this, this non-con will be very important for any, any freshman starting on the defense, especially starting at, at edge on this defensive line, which has been a real, a real struggle this offseason to um, get people to fill that role. But you're going to have to see how they play in non-con, and then I guess we'll see. What's the first SEC game on this? Uh, Texas A&M. Uh, at a and the first game of the season. Yeah, that'll be a real test for, for Fox playing in front of 100,000 people in Allen Fieldhouse will be tough. That'll be yeah. welcome to SEC ball for sure. And the the toughest position to watch this season is going to be the linebackers. And it looks like Phil still has Cam Riley starting and Austin Keys lining up next to him as our starting linebackers. And Austin Keys, I can get behind. I, I think he's had a, he had a very good spring leading into the summer. I think he has all the momentum to be the starting middle linebacker. Cam Riley, I don't know how I feel about it. We don't know what Larry Nixon can do. Uh, he was the big transfer we got from North Texas as well, joining Jair Shorter, of course. But Wes Steiner backing up Austin Keys. Uh, and I got to be honest, uh, we talk about it a lot and how bad we probably missed on Demario Tolan. He is not on this at all. Jake Levant is a back, well, says a backup on here, but there is no Demario Tolan at all, which we pretty much could have guessed. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'd be baffled to see a huge step up from Cam Riley. I think he had a very lackluster season last year, and I would. I would love him to step up. Would love it, but I would probably put Larry Nixon as the starter right now, just because of the transfer. And the DB room, not a lot of surprises there. Your starters: Nehemiah Pritchett, DJ James, uh, Caden Bridges, and Jalen Simpson leading the start, leading the charge at safeties. And your nickelback, Keontae Scott, which I've seen there might be a mix-up between uh, Keontae Scott and Demaya Pritchett in outside and nickelback. Oh, Demar Tolan's actually here on the star position. There we go. And specialist, a uh, big surprise here on the specialist. Oscar Chapman starting at punter, Alex McPherson at kicker, and, of course, the best player on Auburn's football team this year, Jacob Quattlebaum starting at long snapper. So going into our question a little bit, that's might be a future first rounder right there, Jake Quattlebaum. All right. And now to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, we are going to way too early preview the UMass Minutemen as they come into Auburn, Alabama on September 2nd at 2.30 p.m. in a sold-out crowd, which it's not sold out quite yet, but it's fair to assume this game is going to be a sold-out crowd. First game into the Hugh Freeze era. And fun fact about UMass, before we get straight into it, they have a week zero game versus New Mexico State, who has Auburn's sure home opponent. So that's basically a nice little film study right there for both teams. And the spread is currently Auburn minus 40. So, yeah. 
pretty much saw that coming in general. But Daniel, I know you want to talk about UMass a little bit. I'm gonna let you let you kick off the charge here for a little bit. All righty. So I kind of have some notes here that I uh, prepared today. Uh, obviously, or not obviously, but Don Brown is the head coach of the Minutemen. In 2022, the Minutemen put together a one and eleven campaign. So if they don't beat New Mexico State, it'll be quite a lengthy losing streak for the Minutemen going into uh, the Plains. Um, they had an okay defense last year. Their uh, defense finished 55th in FBS in yards allowed with a 369.6 per game. Nice. But they did <laughs> they did give up uh, 31.11 points per game, which was good for 104th in the country. Um, their offense did them no favors. They finished dead last in scoring offense, 12.5 points per game, and third from the bottom in yards per game with 265.8. So their key returnees, they kind of had a like a two-quarterback system last year, very similar to Auburn where there really wasn't a guy. Um, Gino Campiotti and Brady Olson. Um, fun fact, Brady Olson went to high school very close to me. Um, never liked him. Um, just kidding. Well, from what from what I heard, UMass fans aren't the biggest fans of them because they went to the transfer portal this past season, or this off season. They finished 104th in the transfer portal rankings, 124th in overall recruiting. Picked up two quarterbacks, one from Georgia Tech, and I'm just gonna say his first name, Tayson. I'm not gonna even try his last name. He played at Clemson for a little bit. He was a backup to DJ Ungyangalele. I probably butchered that one too. Uh, in the first year of him being the starter. And, of course, I think the starter is going to be Western Carolina quarterback Carlos Davis, who wasn't the best quarterback at Western Carolina, but also he played for a tough opponents, as in they paid a lot of money to play Western Carolina, those top-notch teams. And he had a pretty decent game against Georgia Tech as well, if you get rid of the two interceptions. So you're going to the season. We're starting off the season with a team that, you, like you said, finished dead last in scoring, off, scoring offense. 129th in total offense. Rushing offense, they actually weren't bad at running the ball. 68th overall in the country, averaging 148.8 yards per game. Passing offense, there, there's the there's the bad part. 126th yeah. in the country, 116.9 yards per game. And you go to the rushing defense, also did them no favors. 194.3 yards per game allowed running the ball. And, of course, their pass defense, somehow – in some some way, some heavenly favor, they finished ninth in the country, giving up 175.2 yards per game through the air. And I guess if you want to predict the game, it's right there in the paper. <laughs> you look at, they can't throw the ball, and Auburn's best defensive strength is the corners, and they can't stop the run. And right now, Auburn's best offensive weapons is their array of running backs plus Robbie Ashford. By land or by sea, the Minutemen will probably not put up a lot of points against the Auburn Tigers in week one. But, I mean, overall, I mean, it's not a team that Auburn should be looking down upon. I mean, they gave, if I'm not mistaken, they gave AM a and a little run for their money last year for a little bit. They did. It was, what, 20-3 to a and win? Mm-hmm. One? Yeah. So, mm. Do you, y'all care to know anything about Dan Brown? Don Brown? Uh, yeah. Second second year UMass, he coached there from 04 to 08, correct? Yep, a uh, native of Spencer, Massachusetts, another little town in Western Mass. I don't, no one goes over there. Um, <laughs> Division one stops include Dartmouth, 
Yale, Plymouth State, Brown, UMass for the first time as a defensive coordinator, Northeastern, UMass, like Dylan said, in 04 to 08 as the head coach. Then in 2009 and 10, he coached um, – he was the defensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Maryland. He held the same role for, uh, for UConn in 2011 and 2012. Then in 2013, he went to Boston College as a defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. From 2016 to 2020, he served as a defensive coordinator for Michigan. Um, and that's the highest profile job he's had. In 2021, he was the defensive coordinator of that awful Arizona team. And then um, in 2022, he took back over as the head coach of UMass. And another little side note, in 1992, he served as the interim baseball coach for Yale. Nice. <laughs> that, that's actually yeah. really, really cool. <laughs> a Massachusetts high school football coaching legend. Legend. Well, uh, from my from my history, I've looked up uh, UMass actually won a couple of FCS championships, and from the Twitter posts I've seen, uh, prematurely joined the FBS ranks, and thus have not won more than two games in a season since like 2016, 2017. It's been a hot minute for the for since UMass has been anything above terrible, and I'm just gonna go around the horn for this because I think we've pretty much hit the nail in the coffin about what this game is going to look like. And Colin, I'm going to start off with you. Just tell you again, the spread is 40. And I want you to give me, give me a score prediction for who's going to win and by how much. So I think I'm a, I'm a pull shocker here. I think Auburn will win. Um, I think we're going to see something. I think we'll see 65 to 10. 65-10 Auburn. Crazy score. Uh, three 100-yard rushers. <laughs> Getting real close to 2022 National Championship numbers right there. Or 2023 <sighs> National Championship numbers right there. 65-7. to yeah. uh, That team in Georgia over TCU. Daniel, what's your score prediction for Auburn-UMass? Um, y'all remember that Akron game? I do remember that Akron yes. game. Just that against a different team. I mean, Akron and UMass are pretty much the same team, different shape. But I think Akron's a little bit better than UMass. Yeah, and Akron, like, granted, they lost them a week before they played Auburn, but they they were supposed to have a good running back. Yeah, that game, he was but... he was decent, but he was going against the SEC caliber, SEC caliber defense that year. Put air quotes on no, that. that one was all right. It was okay, but I wouldn't say it was like the top notch. Twenty nineteen mm-hmm. Auburn would have not given up a single yard on the ground against Akron. And if I were to predict this game, again, I think I'm going to go with the, the – just going to go unanimous here. Auburn wins. I don't think they're going to put up 65, Colin. I, don't, I think it's very very rarely happened. I think the fourth quarter is going to be pretty much run the ball, stop the – or keep the clock rolling the entire – honestly, just running clock the second half. And I think Auburn's pretty much going to put up probably 48 points and probably 48 to – I'm going to say six. I think the third string defense gives up two field goals in the third quarter to to wrap up the the game in Auburn, Alabama. So that that starts off the college loop saying Auburn starts off one and zero. So on pace for a fifteen and zero season, if you ask me. <laughs> if you're going through the rest of the season like that, but yeah, that's a preview of the UMass Minutemen as they come into Auburn on September second to start the season. Buy tickets. It's going to be a crazy madhouse at two thirty. 
in the afternoon will not be i don't think it won't be at cbs it'll probably be espn plus more than likely uh but yeah and to kick off to round out this part we're gonna talk about our question from a fan gregorio duran 3355 who is a long long time fan of the show giving us another banger of a question and he says, looking at the upgrades to the football and basketball team this season, which team is most likely to have more first-round picks? And I think it's an interesting question. If you if you look at both teams side-by-side, side, of course you have more talent on the Auburn, Auburn football to look at than you do on the basketball side. And, Colin, if you want to show your entire face again, you, you can. <laughs> but – Colin, I'm actually going to start off with you. Uh, who who is to have? Who would be more likely to have more first round picks out of Auburn basketball and Auburn football? So I'm going to go. I'm going to go football here, and I think this is strictly just from we got more chances with football. With basketball, I think you've got you've got one guy, and that's Aiden Holloway, who I think has a chance of going first round, at least going into the season. Like we could see someone do something we just don't see coming during the season, and and blow us out the water and play into first round potential. But I think football, I think you've probably got two or three that you could see going first round. I think DJ James is the obvious one. Um, but so then you got your one and one. I think we could sneak someone else in there, uh, like a Gunner Britton type on the O-line. Maybe Nehemiah Pritchett does something crazy, um, <laughs> plays his way to a first round pick. But and just, yeah, and if you football. go through, like, if you do like top two, top two rounds, that's all you can really do with basketball. You have 30 picks in the first round of the NBA draft, 32 picks in the first round of the NFL draft. And Auburn should have had at least one player drafted in the first round of this past draft, and that being Derek Hall. And the Seahawks realized they got a steal. We talked about it two episodes ago where he got paid a lot of money to play for the Seattle Seahawks. And Daniel, question goes to you now. Which team – Football or basketball is more likely to have a first-round pick in the 2024 NFL and NBA drafts. I'm just kind of kind of have to retweet, uh, retweet what Colin said. I mean, it's not like basketball has a Jabari Smith or an Isaac Okoro, um, or even like a, a Chuma. I, I know Chuma wasn't one and done. I don't think, right? No, I, I think he played. I think he's a red. I don't know if he's retro. He, he he played one full. One full season, really. I, I believe. Okay. Well, anyway, you, you get the point. Um, Auburn basketball just doesn't have a player like that that you can point to and be like, first round draft pick. Football potentially could, they could potentially not. You know, it's kind of a roll of the dice. But yeah, just more opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to say football. <laughs> And I'm also going to go unanimous here with football. I mean, you look at it, basketball, I, I like you said, Colin, it's Aiden Holloway is probably the only for sure maybe first-rounder. And, I mean, if Janai Broom were to have an outstanding season and then go to the NBA draft and combine and just pop off like he was doing it at the at the tournament or what was it? It was like the G League tournament or something. And, of course, if I, don't, I think Jay Will has now reached – the age limit of getting drafted in the in the NBA draft. And after that, there's not really a lot of people that I could see just get drafted in general. But then you got over the football, the defensive back room already has two names right there. DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett could definitely go in that first round. Then you go to the offensive line, 
shocker of a of a position to go to. Gunnar Britton and Avery Jones both up there as well. And a defensive line you can go to. I think if Jason Jones or Justin Rogers or not, I don't think Justin Rogers can quite yet. He maybe can't. Yeah, he can. I, I think one of those two guys have an outstanding season. I think we also see one of those two possibly go because if there's one thing NFL teams love, it's SEC defensive linemen. And <laughs> that is the facts. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And Colin, you're gonna you're gonna help us here. Who is in their bag this week? So, yeah, for who's in their bag, I have to give it to women's golfer Megan Schofield. Um, she just finished playing the Palmer Cup, uh, helped Team USA get a win. She won all three of her matches there. So she's balling out not just at Auburn, but on little little tournaments in the offseason. So she's keeping the work up. And runner-up to Miss the Queen, Darion Goborn, getting ready to start off her WWE career which might actually get me to watch the WWE for the first time ever, watching someone that I've actively like seen uh, go out in the ring. And this has uh, been a long time since we've done this. Auburn Twitter moment of the week, just so we can get Auburn hockey involved in this, for absolutely tricking every single person that saw it. I believe it was 62,000 was, was, the, was the number I said. Into thinking that Auburn was going to play at the D1 level in actual NCAA hockey. And, of course, big ups to them. They're going to move on to D1 of the AAU. But that graphic, oh, boy, was it misleading. <laughs> and, Colin, I'm going to start with you. Just initial thoughts of Auburn getting the recognition they deserve in hockey to move up to a level like that, but also the joking factor of tricking everyone into thinking that they were going to play in the NCAA. Yeah, it's awesome that they're moving up. I think they're moving up with four other SEC teams. Uh, South Carolina, Bama, and a couple others are included. And so big ups to all of them. Hockey is is a great sport, and I love seeing a little more recognition in the South. But um, that graphic, man, <laughs> saying that they were D1, it's like, I don't know. You're spreading misinformation, and they're, like, they're the kings of it right now, is that <laughs> misinformation spreading on Twitter. Because it was just a big D1, and any any person that reads that is just thinking straight, oh, oh yeah, NCAA D1, that's awesome. But no, not yeah, the and, case. And just to read the tweet, uh, it says, Get Pumped Tigers. We are thrilled to announce that Auburn Hockey Club is stepping up to the next level. Beginning this upcoming season, they will compete in the new D1 division of College Hockey South and AAU College Hockey. And the graphic... Again, it's just the hockey team and it's Auburn Hockey Club, big letters, going D1 
And Daniel, I know your hand's up, but you're also muted. So if you want to talk, you got to unmute that mic, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I actually unplugged my mic when I jerked my arm and um, plugged it back in, but I was muted. So thank you for awesome. telling me, Dylan. Um, but yeah, I feel like on this graphic, a, a couple things should have happened. Um, a, on the graphic, they should have included the logo of this AAU uh, College Hockey and College Hockey South. Um, like maybe up in the corners just to differentiate from what they claim to have done. And in addition, I feel like I know this is lame. I get it. Maybe they should have said in their tweet, like just side note, we are not like NCAA division one. Like, well, however you can say that professionally. I mean, it technically says it. And if you go look at the, the Twitter pages they tagged and College Hockey South and AAU College. AAU is a pretty much right there that that's not. Do y'all, do y'all mind if I take like 20 seconds on it to find a really funny reply to it? Like, oh, I can't wait to host like UMass or something and just read that. I um, feel like there's got to be one. And if there's not one within 20 seconds, I'll just give up. Well, there is a, there's a lot of funny text and comments going along with Auburn moving up to a higher division of hockey. And that's turning Beardy's Coliseum into a. Steve M. Croft says, where will you play? Well, they've been playing in Columbus, Georgia for a long time. But I do like the thought of making Beardy's a a hockey rink. Listen to this. Listen to this. From Bo Edwards at ILE372. Congrats. Looking forward to more Ice Dogs versus Auburn games in Division I, especially when our new arena gets finished. Oh, here's a good one from Keith at Prater Keith. So does that make us eligible for the NCAA tournament? (laughs) At Infamous Dad says, bruh, if only this was 2000. Man. Yeah, and I mean, again, big ups to them for moving on up uh, to the east side. But yeah, this is just not, they're not going NCAA. They're not going like officially, officially D1 quite yet. But maybe in a couple of years, maybe they will. Uh, and I always, I'm always for growing the game of hockey in the South. But yeah, with that, that's pretty much show. Uh, let's start off. Who wants to go first? You know what, Colin? Tell everybody where they can love you, find you, support you, and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, go follow my Twitter at Byersdorf Colin. B e y e r s d o r f Colin. He's got good content. Colin one L. You got a one L. I was going to remember that. Like Philip Montgomery. We don't take two losses. (laughs) And Daniel, let everybody know where they can find you. And you muted your mic for that. He muted himself again. Was that on purpose? That that was too that was too quick. No, it's not. Go ahead. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. You can check out my written work for Auburn Wire. Um, I today or tomorrow, um, my predictions for Auburn's 2024 SEC slate will come out. So. Some very exciting stuff there. And, of course, I'm Dylan Lark at your boiler tank on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right there. It's right there. And it's also in the description below. And if you're listening, it's at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank. And if you want to listen to the podcast, you have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And if you want to watch us, you got us right here on YouTube where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Leave questions. Gregorio's taking up all of the limelight from our fans because he just he loves asking those really, really good questions. And we love you, Gregoria. Thank you for all of the comments you leave. And if you want to follow us on social media, you got us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. No MySpace again. Thousand subs to get a MySpace. And Daniel, 
you're getting a little close to under 20 subs left before you have to dance on TikTok. Yep, already got and, it planned out. <laughs> and Colin, if if the summer doesn't end quick, we might be getting you to do a little dance on TikTok as well if we ain't careful. Hey, man, if, it, if the loop keeps growing, I'll, I'll do a little dancey dance. <laughs> well, of course, with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>